Hello, I'm Pastor Draper of Maranatha Bible Church. And in light of the recent virus from China and looking at the devastating impact, displaced, despondent, in pain, in confusion, not knowing where to go, I want to preach a message entitled, Starting Over. This is a special message that you really don't want to miss. Because the reality of life is that sooner or later, all of us have to start over. After the death of a loved one, uh, not passing a course, a failed marriage, a bad decision, on and on it goes. Life will put us in position where we will have to start over. I will be preaching from Genesis chapter 7 and 8. Lessons and insights from the life of Noah. John 8, 36 says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be really free. It takes Jesus to deliver you from this mess and from these issues. These issues are bigger than you. You can't experience freedom in Christ until you confront these issues as well as all the others that I don't have time to call. You say, he didn't call mine? Well, that one too. Okay. See, once you become aware of a crisis, injustices, once you become aware of atrocities in the media, then know when to disconnect. Once you know and aware of crises, injustices, atrocities in the media, there's nowhere to disconnect. You will only fuel your anger, become agitated, disturbed, dejected, miserable, and even enraged if you continue to dwell on and talk about perpetual negative current events. And it keeps coming, y'all. It doesn't stop. Every time you open your phone, there's more. There's more. It never runs out. The the news media don't say, you know, I'm out of news. Nothing today. I'm on the blank. It doesn't stop. It's always got more for you. You wake up at midnight. There's some more bad news. Early in the morning, there's some more bad news. Late in the evening, there's some more bad news. Just come, come. And you take it in, 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 in. No wonder you angry. No wonder you angry. Current events, nothing edifying, nothing encouraging. Hebrews 12, 2a says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I'm not saying put your head in the sand, don't know what's going on. That's that's ridiculous. But then you can be over so overly saturated until it mess with all your inner being. You're just a hot mess. You're dysfunctional. You just... A mess. D, ask God to repurpose your anger. Look at that. Ask God to repurpose your anger. Use it for righteousness and the good of others. Repurpose your anger and use it for righteousness and the good of others. This is done by using the anger that Satan meant for evil and redirecting it for your own good, for the good of others, And to the glory of Almighty God. 
Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. You go a a whole day and the the next day, you've already held on to anger too long. When that sun go down, you ought to be over your anger. That's That's a good way. He said, well, how long should I be angry at something? Okay, yeah, be angry. But now when the sun go down, say, God, I give it to you. Let it go. Let it. Oh, the sun just went down. God, move it. Don't hold it. Christians should have a righteous indignation at sin. Now, there's something wrong when you don't have a righteous indignation uh, over child slavery. That's, that's really something wrong when you can see the out-of-control abortion and it doesn't even phase you. It doesn't even make you concerned. You know you're away from God when sin no longer bothers you. Look how quiet it is in here now. You need to put on your prayer list, Lord, make sin bother me (laughs) to the point that I pray. Christians should have a righteous indignation at sin. You ought to have a righteous indignation against evil and wickedness in our nation and world. But we must not harbor anger, which creates an opportunity for Satan to exploit us. Be angry, don't sin. You, you need to be angry at, at, at certain things. A righteous indignation. But not carry it so long until Satan exploits your life because of it. E, you diffuse your anger by being teachable and not taking everything so personally. You diffuse your anger by being teachable and not taking everything so personally. Psalm 25, 5a says, guide me in thy truth and teach me and teach me. You come here to be taught. You come to, to you come into God's house not to be entertained. You know what we've had in this house today? We've had worship. You came in songs of praise and adoration to God. You came in. That was the reading of the scripture. The songs that were sung, lifting us up right into God's presence. You had missionaries talking about Papua New Guinea and reminiscing over the experience of how they connected with Maranatha. You, 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 you had the prayers over the saints and the issues of our society and world. You, you had all of this. Teach me. Teach me. You, so, some folk don't want to be taught. That's why they can't improve spiritually. Refuse to allow your anger to interfere with life lessons the Lord wants to teach you. You can be so angry until you can't learn a thing. You can't teach an angry person anything. Your emotion has taken over your life. You, you're self-destructing. F. Regularly confess prolonged anger as sin. Regularly confess. Confess means to agree with God about your sins. Prolong anger as sin because it damages. You see, uh, unconfessed sins harms and hurts others. You want to hurt others, damage others, and even damage yourself? Just allow prolonged sin to fester in your life. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Your anger will decrease as you continually confess your sins. 
your anger will begin to subside, which results in having peace with Christ as well as peace with others because of a spirit of confession of sin. Gee, no matter how small, surrender your anger each day to the Holy Spirit and allow him to control your emotions. No matter how small, surrender your anger each day to the Holy Spirit and allow him to control your emotions. Proverbs fourteen twenty nine says, people with understanding control their anger. You don't let yourself just get out of control. You screaming at your wife. You cussing out your children. You telling folk to shut up. You saying, I don't want to hear that. You stomp out of the room. You slam the door. You roll your eyes and you gnash your teeth. You're so angry you can't kiss your husband, can't kiss your wife. You can't hold a hand. You don't even want to be in the car. Why? Why? Because of Proverbs 14, 29 says, people with understanding control their anger. And a hot-tempered uh, shows great foolishness. Satan says, get angrier. And then he said, do this. I, then you do it. You, you begin to react. All of a sudden you hit, oh, I just hit my wife. I just hit my, I just hit my child in the face. I just did, I did, I did, when you ate, I just drank a whole fifth of whiskey. Is it a fifth? I don't know what it is. Is it a fifth? Y'all got to educate me. Now nobody want to tell me anything. Well, a whole bottle. I just, I can't, I can't believe I drank the whole thing. I, I smoked a whole sick, a whole pack, a whole carton. I was mad. I went out and hit the tree and bust my knuckles. You do stupid things. When you are angry, never allow your emotions to rule your life. Never. You're in trouble when you allow your emotions to rule your life. If you're just tuning in to the Maranatha broadcast, Pastor Draper is in the midst of a series entitled Starting Over. Beloved, the word of God and the spirit of God will restrain your anger. This book will make sense. It will calm you down and it will keep you from being stupid. And it keep you from making foolish decisions. It'll keep you from divorce. It'll keep you from losing your job. You cuss your, your boss out. Now you can't pay your house, though. You the fool. You ain't going to care. You get a Ph.D. from Harvard. Get that. Get the top spot. And can't agree with anybody. You mad. You fussing. You acting a fool. Lose that job. And it goes down on the record in the computer. You can't get a job over in Germany. Because your record follows you. You, you go, go to Alaska. They, they open up the computer. Oh, there it is. What, what did you do over here? You see? See, you used to get by 30 years ago. But now, 
You can't get by. It's everywhere. It's on the web. Oh, by the way, watch what you put on that web, because when you erase it, it's not gone. It's not gone. You texting something ugly because you mad at this person and that person. You get on the way. You're on social media. You're over here and you're tweeting over here and all these other little platforms I can't call. And you own this and you own that. And oh, oh, what was I thinking? All of a sudden you come to your senses and you say, let me erase this. Let me get rid. Oh, it's not gone. It's in that engine. You think it's not in that engine, just run for a public office. It'll come out real quick. You say, I, I raised that 20 years ago. No, it wasn't gone. If you desire to finish well in life, then be determined not to live on, on your emotions and not to live an emotionally charged life, but rather live a Bible-driven life. Live a Holy Spirit-driven life. A life that is driven by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. H. Praising the Lord is the best cure for those who possess a spirit of anger. Praising the Lord is the best cure for those who possess a spirit of anger. Psalms 34, 1, 2, and 3 is just so powerful. It's riveting. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Now, let me just define worship. You know, to praise God is to Lord God, L-A-U-D. It is to Lord God. It's to boast in the God of your salvation. It's to brag on God. Some people spend all their time bragging on themselves. It's to brag on the goodness of God to you. It is to magnify God. To praise God is to lift up the name of Jesus. To praise God is to glorify Jesus. To praise and worship God is to honor the Lord. To praise and worship is to celebrate Jesus. It is to worship the Lord. God must be the object of your praise if you're going to have genuine worship of him. He must be the object of your praise if you're going to genuinely worship him. Praising God is not optional. God instructs us. He commands us from his word to praise him. The word of God instructs believers to praise and rejoice in the God of our salvation. One scripture of emphasis is Philippians chapter four, verse four, which says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. The scripture commands and instructs us to rejoice. Where is the rejoicing among believers? People gossip. They talk too much. They're lazy. They're not punctual. They're sad. They're looking at the wrong stuff. They're entertained. Listen, you can enter. I told my wife, I saw those shows on TV just, one, just on the commercials. They got all these game shows and this shows and that. They got stuff all over. I said, this society is entertaining themselves to death so that you can't miss what God wants to do with you, through you, and to you. 
Satan is entertaining the believers away from the word and will of God. That's why you can't praise him. Too much entertainment in your life. I was at the game of my grandson just yesterday, flag football, and I was looking at there, and all these sections. Over here was the soccer, and over here was the flag football, and over here and all these sections. We had a hard time finding. Where's our section three? We were on, we were on one side, and then we had to go and move all the way on the other side. We're trying to find, where's section three? I just played so big out there in New Brunswick. And, you, and, and I'm going to tell you what, you go everywhere to see your kids play ball. And you ought to support your kids, and you ought to go out and breathe some fresh air. That's good. That's good. Please go do that. And please go for it. You need something, you need some ball in your life. But ball shouldn't dominate your life. And I was looking at all them sections, and I said, you know what makes me sad? Except for a few of these. I told my wife, most of these children have never walked in the doors of a church house. Oh, they play tournaments, they're over here, they're over there. They got ball, but no Bible. And when Corona come, the children faint. The children are depressed. The children are over-medicated. No vacation Bible school in their life. No Sunday school in their life. Don't, don't come to church. But one game after another game and another game. Now, have fun, do things with your children. We did it with ours. That's a place for it, and you ought to do it, but not as a substitute for the word of the living God. Do I have a witness here? What makes praise so valuable in the life of believers? What makes praise so valuable in the life of believers? Well, when we finish these, hopefully you'll be moved to praise God more. Worshiping and praising Jesus breaks the stronghold of anger. You want to break the stronghold of anger? Just start praising the Lord. Start shouting. Put on some praise music. I'm not talking about no sad, draggy, unscriptural, testimonial music that doesn't edit, don't glorify Christ. I don't want no peanut butter and jelly and I'm climbing up the rough side of the mountain. Sometimes you ought to get to the top. I've never seen never get to the top. Always at the bottom. Always on the rough side. Save a seat for me. You can, those songs, you know, a lot of these songs need to be done away with. You can't save no seat for me in heaven. You're doing good if you get there. Talking about saving a seat for me. How you going to save a seat for me? I got to confess and bleed Christ for myself. Hey, hey so I'm going to save a seat for you. That is so unscriptural. Some of these authors of these songs don't have a dime worth of scripture in them. And y'all, they shout on them. I said, what are they shouting about? Y'all laughing because y'all know I'm telling the truth. Pray, worshiping and praising Jesus breaks the stronghold of anger. Next, praising the Lord shifts us from a self-centered focus to a Christ-centered focus. When you start praising God, it's not about you anymore. It's not about your title, your position. It's not about, you know, I was talking to the guys earlier this morning. It's about us being servant leaders. It's not about us. It's about being a servant. Uh, when you worship Christ, you become more Christ-focused and less self-focused. You know what praising the Lord does? Praising the Lord refreshes you. It revives you. you. It revives your spirit, your soul, and your body, and lifts your spirit and removes depression.
It removes depression. It's the best medicine for depression. Put that music on. By the way, thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, God. God is not concerned about how high you jump. Go on and jump to the ceiling. But if you can't live right when you land, stop jumping. Stop jumping. Don't get off that flow. Stop foaming at the mouth. Stop speaking in tongues. You all that and can't speak to your wife. Can't say hi. Can't say how you doing. How was your day? Can't say I love you. Can't kiss. You don't do nothing else. Why are y'all laughing? Praising the Lord refreshes, revives, and lifts your spirit and removes depression. Next, wisdom from God comes through praising the name of Jesus. Wisdom from God comes through praising the name of Jesus. We think better when we praise the Lord. You want wisdom? Start praising the Lord. Start enjoying God. Start enjoying God. You know what praising the Lord does? Uh, praising the Lord restores your joy. Some folks sit and they never move. Now, oh, when the sports are on, your team is on, you screaming at the television, how you drop that ball. And you, and you, I guess they heard you and telling you, well, I'm not going to drop it no more because she told me not to drop the ball from the couch. You're hollering and screaming. If you know, if you that good, you get out there. You qualify for the team. Praise restores your joy. That's why some of you can't sing. You sing so sadly. You can't stand. You can't raise a hand. You just look like somebody's been baptized in lemon juice. You know what praise does? Praise open our eyes. Praise open our eyes to blessings bestowed upon us. You know, when you're not praising God, there's an inability to see your blessings. You can't even see your blessings. Life issues just blind you. When you praise God, God lets you in on what he's been doing for you and what he is doing for you and what he's about to do for you. Do I have a witness here? Praise will open your eyes and you begin to see just how blessed you are and then you start shouting. Praise open your eyes to God's blessing in your life. And you don't walk around with a gloom and doom mentality. Praising Jesus ushers in balance, peace, and wellness in our minds. Praise brings balance. It recalibrates your mind. It, gives, it brings peace of mind and wellness in your mind. I've never seen so many crazy folk in my life. Just confused and batty and misdirected. And I can just listen to them talk and I say to myself, huh? And, and, and you know what? It comes from people that you think ought to know better. But they don't. And when they open their mouth, dumb comes out. Praising Jesus defeats Satan, demons, and strategies they orchestrate against us. Praising Jesus defeats Satan, demons, and strategies that they orchestrate against us. Don't you know Satan's orchestrating against you right now as you sit in this seat? And he's planning on you right now. 
He's devising a scheme against you. He wants you, by the time you get in that car, husband and wife, he's going to pick a fight. Uh, he's going to see something. And he's going to get, he's going to punch that button to make you forget everything you've learned in here. You know, he's he strategizing. But when you begin to praise God and sing and thank God and enjoy God, you know what? It defeats the wicked strategies Satan is devising against you and me, your children, your grandchildren. Satan is not your friend. He hates you. He is an enemy. Stop playing and dabbling in his camp. You can't have your feet in both camps. Choose ye this day whom ye will serve. Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. By the way, it ought not take 15 years for somebody to discover you saved. When you've really been born again, your spirit of praise is indicative of the fact that you belong to God. Praise, praise. Praising Jesus, you know what it does? It liberates those who are held captive by addictions. It liberates those who are held captive by addictions, addiction to gambling, addictions to talking too much, addictions to caffeine, addiction to smoking, you know, addiction to sugar, addiction to hamburgers and French fries and sodas, addiction to alcohol, addictions to yourself. Addicting to your television show. When your show can't come on, you're in a mess. Addictions, addiction, addiction, addiction to pleasure. Addiction to gossip. Addiction to the cell phone to the point that if you don't have it, you fall to pieces. You hold it and you down under and you're doing this under you. It's everywhere. You, you're in everybody's life. You, 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 you Mrs. AT&T. Mr. AT&T, you can't put it down because it has you. As Pastor Rander concludes this message, let us commit ourselves to the fruit of the Spirit as given to us in the Word of God. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Let us commit ourselves to giving our best service to God in all that we do. For when we give God's way, as His Word tells us, we will receive in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. If you enjoy this kind of Bible teaching, please join Pastor Rander at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas.